everybody, and welcome to our latest edition of Cinema Rogues. Today we are covering Coming to America, and I'm sort of excited about it, I guess. Um, <laughs> I am your host, Guy, and as always, I am joined by uh, Andrew Derry. That's me. And my brother, Pablo. You know, oh, we're going to make you talk about why you didn't like the movie, right, Can't Andrew? say his full name. Well, yeah, he got mad at me last time. Can't say his full name. My last name is the yeah, editor for, now. <laughs> Pablo, uh, the editor. For, yeah. So for any of you who somehow are finding our show just to listen to the Coming to America episode, go listen to last week's episode when Pablo yelled at me for five minutes for saying his last name. Actually, Did he? I edited it. It was no. like a second, but I also edited that part out. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Man, so I clean up all the crap name. I say in this ep- in this in these shows. <laughs> I don't say I never it's say just, anything it's embarrassing. It's just me and Guy the whole time. You just cut all of your stuff out. Yeah, you know I. <laughs> no lie, I have cut out entire segments of me speaking. Um, I think during what was it? It was like during the Sonic episode. I had said something completely wrong, and we talked about it for like five minutes, and I just cut that entire part out. So I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just happy you guys let me do the notes for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That it was, was so <laughs> that was my favorite. Oh man, yeah, it came up and I was like, you know what? Why not? <laughs> that movie deserves those notes. Yeah. Uh, first up, little housekeeping. I miss Saturn. We need we need a Saturn voice in there. Housekeeping. Probably. I have a segment of his voice. I suppose I could put it in the template. Housekeeping. Please do. Um, but put like oh, yeah, lasers and shit behind it. Pew, pew, pew. Do you like uh, my cat? Please come check out my YouTube station, my Twitch TV, Sightail uh, Studios. Uh, I stream games and play games and record them and watch them. And lately it's been Spider-Man and Final Fantasy VII. And it's been fantastic. Yeah, I do love Spider-Man. Just posting spoilers on the Discord. I just said I do love. It's not a spoiler. Okay, you know we'll get into that in a second. If you want to hear more, Andrew, uh, check out his his website boardgamebarbarians.com. Yes. Yep, that is a website that I own. Awesome. Um, and then at you know our parent show, the 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 people that brought us together in the first place, the Retro Warriors. If you want to check out their show, check out retrowarriors.net. Um, and you've got years and years of content about retro games. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you want to listen to my stuff, well, you are. So, mm, good job. <laughs> you did well, it. To Pablo's work. You have to listen to every Retro Warriors family show. Yep. Mm-hmm. But not Board Game Barbarians. He refuses to do it for free. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Although I, I really, Amazing. I really Amazing don't. how that works. I really don't have a lot of time. I think... Uh, Cause I tried to do, I tried to do Fiverr for a while, but uh, honestly, these shows are like filling up my uh, time slots. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't ask you to do it cause I knew you were already, it already took you long, a lot of time to do what you have already. And I feel like adding this show on top of what you already have was kind of too much almost. It's right there at the edge. I definitely couldn't do also board, gar- board game barbarians. Um, yeah. To be fair, Board Game Barbarians came out first. So, I mean, priority-wise. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) um, I don't know, four shows? How many shows? A lot. Yeah, there's four shows, technically. Because you've got got a monthly show, which obviously doesn't take up as much time as their other ones. But 
No. Uh, this show's almost taking, or is taking about as much time as Talking Wizards does. Yeah, except I like listening to Talking Wizards. <laughs> uh, high praise for our show. Um, hey, he's on it, so it's different. You know. I know, I get it. I, don't, I have a hard time listening to our Look, show. Look, I'm too. on the show. I listened to it already. I've stopped listening to podcasts since I've been home this whole time. Yeah. yeah that's that's a huge problem for me too like yeah. uh i'm way behind on just the npr podcast that i listen to you know i find out NPR. I, was, I found i was in the same boat with audiobooks but i picked up um a book by agatha christie the one that clue's based on what is it called clue and then there were none and uh oh the, the, that's not the hornet in the drawing room no that's a doctor who episode i picked that up i'm I've read it for like... There's an old movie called And Then There Were None, and it's a great movie. Yeah. You should go check it out. It's black and white. I'm, sh- I would assume it's I'm based sure on it's book. based on the book, maybe. It the is. Agatha Christie book. It's also a movie called Three Little Indians that is also, I'm pretty sure, based on that premise. Yeah, it's good. Is that an okay title these days? Uh, it's from like the 1930s or 40s, so probably not these days, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it, it was based... Hey, you know what? That's... Yeah. I think uh, being appropriate these days is going to be a theme throughout this episode. So, oh, okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't too bad. This movie wasn't that bad. I mean, there are it was. I mean, parts. this is uh, we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, so we will get into it. Um, but before we do, uh, let's chit chat about what we've been watching in the meantime because that's all we've been doing is watching shit and trying not to drive our living people insane. Impossible. Right? Yes impossible i finally watched venom andrew Ooh, I need yeah to how that. was the how did you we've kind of talked about it off the show but how was that shit stain uh you know what i enjoyed the shit out of it i'm not gonna lie mm, okay. it bothered me that um he's eddie brock but he doesn't hate peter parker right i mean he doesn't even mention peter parker that was my uh, that was my problem that I told you was that I was like, this is an okay movie, but a terrible Venom movie. Mm, yeah, I as someone I see, I see what you're saying. There's as, no much. Go, go ahead, Pablo. As someone who reads and owns all of the Venom comics going back for like the past five years, I would say that the movie, I mean, Spider-Man's hardly mentioned in the comics. I mean, sometimes, yeah, of course, because it's the same universe, but... I mean, Spider-Man now, these days, is mentioned in Venom comics as much as any other superhero is. Right, but when Venom came out, wasn't Venom's whole, like, his motivation was Eddie Brock hated Peter Parker because he took his job at the Daily Bugle, and Venom hated Spider-Man slash Peter Parker because he rejected him as his host because he was the original Venom host. I feel like when he started his own storylines, like with Lethal Protectors and... um, whatever the other one is that I can't think of right now, like he kind of became his own thing and then he splits off with anti-venom. I'm not saying he hasn't become his own thing, but the Venom movie is an origin story for Venom. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. The origin story for Venom without Spider-Man. Wasn't there licensing for that reasons for that though? Sony owns the Spider-Man rights. Right. But I think they had signed over the right to produce a Spider-Man. A movie with Spider-Man in it in the Marvel original Marvel deal. The weird part is, is technically from what I read, Venom is part of the MCU, and the new uh, the new Morbius movie is not. 
No, no, I thought it was the other way around. Because the Morbius movie, the preview, they had the uh, uh, what's his face in it? Man, I can't. The Vulture, Michael Keaton. I don't was in the trailer. I don't know what Sony's doing. I hate Sony at this point. <laughs> I hate them as a video game company. They're the fucking worst. And I hate them as as like them latching onto Spider Man for any sort of money at this point is just making me really want. As much as I hate Disney gobbling up as much as they can, like just buy Sony Pictures, like. Right. Like, like just do it the um i'm happy they're coming out with a morbius movie that feels like it's aimed at me so i'm like the only person i know that reads morbius i'm not a huge have you seen the trailer for it yeah i'm not a huge yeah. fan of uh the actor but jared leto you don't you're the best joker yeah oh, obviously. okay i no mean no one can see you laugh <laughs> i know that's why it's funny to me his laugh i don't i don't like speaking about great laughs jared leto's joker Oh God! Please don't do this to me. My soul hurts right now, <laughs> so hard. Oh, uh, that was hard to I just, say. I, uh, I don't like him as a get, as a person. Like I, I've heard some personal stories from people, like actually, when he was touring here. I know you didn't like the film too much, but uh, my my second favorite Joker laugh because obviously the first one. I mean that goes to Mark Hamill, hands down. Right. It's just my second favorite, or maybe even my third favorite would be. Uh, the new Joker movie, Joker laugh, uh, Walking Phoenix. Yeah, this is okay. It was definitely not. Uh, John DiMaggio did a Joker in an animated Batman movie. John DiMaggio. And that was, yeah, Bender. I know Futurama. John DiMaggio. Yeah, he did nice. a he did joke. It was basically just Bender as Joker. It was really bad. Yeah, like I see. Okay, so I see why they they went the way they went with Venom, and I agree with you that it takes away from his origin. Uh, that that he's not mad at Peter Parker. Speaking of Venom now, right? Yes, right. we're going back full circle, going back to Venom. But they the studio made the decision to start Venom or to make a Venom movie where Venom currently is in the comic books as sort of an antihero, right? Um, well, now he's just a straight-up hero at this point. He's not even anti-hero. He's kind of a reluctant hero. I mean, he still eats people, um, and heroes yeah, don't he usually still murders do people a lot. Yeah, he so, does a okay, lot so of anti hero But he feels bad about it. He feels bad about it, and well, he's Eddie trying Brock to... Does. Like, it's like I have the, I mean, uh, the, new, the Venom 1 when they reset, yeah. uh, like two years ago, I guess. Like oh. That 1 through 10 saga where... They've reset several yeah. times, so... Yeah, I know. There's a 2016 DC does it too. Don't, don't blame Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but in that one, you know, Eddie's trying to teach his symbiote still. You know, don't fucking kill, please. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's where Eddie Brock is at in this movie. And so, so I get that. And oh I yeah, get why it definitely it, production it definitely but. lines up with the current. I mean, I think the current Venom arc started when that movie came out. Like they were concurrent, I believe. They're both no, 2018, right? I don't know. I'm uh, yeah. I think it was just me being used to the original comics and then being used to like the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s mm-hmm. which stayed yeah. sort well, of from, close to Well, it. from Spider-Man's perspective, I mean if you go at it from Spider-Man's perspective, Venom is just a bad guy cuz he's always fucking with Spider-Man. Right. Well, I mean, that's because he took over Spider-Man and he was like, let's kill some people. And Spider-Man's like, no, I don't want to do that. But at this point, thanks for the powers or whatever. At this point, the symbiote prefers Eddie Brock over Peter Parker. 
Right, correct. Like they are... I'm not arguing against them. In love or some shit. I don't even understand. Mm. <laughs> and now he's got a kid and... So, yeah. His kid's awesome. With Venom? Yeah. I don't know who his kid's with. So, I, I'm, I'm, stoked, I'm stoked to see Carnage or Venom Let There Be Carnage. I think that's going to be an alright movie. I hope it'll be an alright movie. Um, it can definitely be done yeah, we'll see. terribly. We'll see what happens. It can. Um, other than that, I watched uh, the Underwa- Underwater, Never the Kristen even, Stewart movie. I think you mentioned it in the Discord, and I had, I had no idea. Like, I'd not, never heard of I it. I had n- no expectations going into it other than, you know what, Kristen Stewart's better than people give her credit for. You Wait, know, is she's it, like Robert Pattinson in that way. Is that the one where they live, they like, they're under, they're in like a, like underwater, I almost said space station, like underwater, like station that's. It's basically like the sphere or yeah, yeah, yeah kind of any underwater movie recently or from right. the 90s. And it, start, it starts collapsing. Like it starts out, the underwater thing starts collapsing. Yeah. Kristen Stewart's got to start escaping and then it's, you know, things happen from there. But the whole uh, through the movie, um, it quickly becomes a uh, Lovecraftian type oh. movie. Huh. Okay. So it's... Ex- it- so it's it's pretty wow. good. So it's like monsters and shit. Nice. That sounds yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So I, I would recommend checking it out. I mean, Kristen Stewart's great. And is it on any stuff. streaming services? Uh, I think I rented it on Apple TV. Okay. Mm. Uh, so it's it's definitely there for rent. Um, other than that, I've been powering through the Star Trek movies, the the Next Generation cast, <laughs> so we can get to Picard because uh, my girlfriend finally finished powering uh, through it. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, Generations was okay. First Contact is still fantastic, and Insurrection is growing on me. I, I watched Insurrection last night, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hadn't seen it in about a decade. Nice. Um, and then other than that, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'm almost fucking done, and I'm excited. And I'll probably talk about it when I t- uh, get on to uh, Retro Warriors in you a know, couple weeks. I haven't played Final Fantasy VII Original, so... I'm not... A, I'm not spoiler sensitive usually right um well i don't even know what spoiler you saw that's the thing was there text well, in the no thing? wait for what but, all right so for final fantasy 7 so wait did guy spile did, did guy spoil like a 15 year old 20 year old no, game for the you? thing is this game is all about the new graphics and new images and stuff right the new so I'm over here yeah. looking at these posts with videos, and I'm like, "Oh, that's what that looks like now." Damn it! It has a, it's tiny and has a play button. I'm sorry, that's like the worst spoil, like like the worst spoiler that you could think is a spoiler. Look, man, I'm not right. a spoiler sensitive person. That's, that's my thing. <laughs> I'm not a spoiler sensitive person. Like they're just, like literally just like screenshots of Cloud and Aerith. I mean, faces, usually they're not that you know, bad, but there was that there was that one where it revealed the VR mask. And I, I literally don't oh, care about oh, like the VR man. Like, okay, yeah, that's the one. That's the one I didn't understand. Like, you got I mad didn't get about mad. that. I was just because like, I hey. showed Cloud wearing a VR set. No, no, I didn't get mad. It's, I, I'm not it's like the I'm not like you asshole. I'm more like, hey, it would be cool if you know we could uh, take care of this because I don't want anything big to come on mm-hmm. and it'd be like something super awesome like um, a boss. And I'm like, oh shit, man. Just yeah. Guy, just black out the screen the entire time that you're doing the. There you go. Yeah, you can you can have silent video or not silent videos. You can have yeah. Then mute video. Black screen. Mute yourself. 
That'll be the best stream. I swear I played the game. Yeah, I think I'm about 26 hours into it. Oh, jeez. Uh, and from the the story, about to hit the, like the last quote unquote dungeon, I guess. Yeah. Like the in the in the 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 game is for anybody who has played the original is just like the Midgar section, and the last section of the last portion of that section of the game is going into like the main headquarters of the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm about to do. And so I think probably overall it'll be 30 to 35 hours. I'm guessing somewhere around there. I um, am in the middle. And to get 30, 30 hours out of a $60 game, I'll take it. I'm you in know. the middle of, well, I'm like 20 hours, but I'm in the middle of the battle on the top of the pillar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just uh, finished all of that. Uh, like the aftermath mm-hmm. of that. Oh, so. it makes sense then. I haven't, I haven't even started. What else have you been up to then, Pablo? Oh, you know, I have no fucking clue. What have I been doing? Why'd you look around your I'm room? I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, <laughs> what DVDs do I own? Let's see. I got, I, oh, I purchased Stella, the Stella DVD. Stella, Michael Ian Black, um, Michael's somebody and hold on. I'm trying to find the names of these three assholes on this stupid DVD and it's not there. It's nowhere. Anyway, Stella. Michael Ian Black. Michael Ian Black is the only one of those three and people. And two other people. Mm-hmm. Michael, Michael, and show David. Stella. It's absurdist comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't like absurdist mm-hmm. comedy, then you won't like it's, it. It's Michael Ian Black, so I assume. Right. Absurdist comedy is not for everybody and mm-hmm. can be very offensive to those people who aren't prepared to watch it. So, uh, that being said, it has been awesome. It's one of my favorites. I love it so fucking much. Nice. Um, check it out. Yeah, check it out if you like weird shit, I guess. Uh, but other than that, just playing Final Fantasy VII and watching a lot of YouTube. Yeah, you dude. Okay, dude. Speaking of that, I have been watching reaction videos to people listening to songs that I like. That can be cool. It depends on who, though. For me, yeah. Like, uh, I spent I think like five hours one day just watching people, different people react to listening to Tool for the first time. Oh yeah, there's that. That's great. There's that try not to laugh reaction channel that does a lot of stuff like that too. That I really like. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of that place. What about you, Andrew? What have you been up to? Um, I, I mean, it's been several weeks. Um, but the most recent things, I finally watched Parasite. How was that? Because um, that's on Hulu right now. Uh, yeah, it's on my list. How is that? It was really, really good. Um, is so it, it definitely deserves. Is it good? The praise that it. Is it good Go in a fun way or good in an artsy way? Good in an artsy way. Um, I mean, it's a fun. I thought it was like a horror suspense movie, and it's really not until like the very, very end, like the last 30 minutes. Um, but it is shot very well and written very well and directed very well. Um, I don't know. There's several shots that I... I super appreciate just from like a filmmaking standpoint. Hmm. Interesting. 
I'll have to watch but it. I Maybe we should do an episode on it sometime. If you don't mind reading, it is uh is definitely worth the watch. Oh, then fuck it. Have to read. I can't even read. Sorry, I was just going to interrupt real it's quick. Tough. Did you guys see the, you, you were talking about a horror film. Um, horror the film? Horror film. The uh, <laughs> Jordan Peele produced like Lovecraft horror show that's coming. That isn't even coming out yet. It's HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trailer, you mean? Yeah, but did you hear about it? I, I watched the trailer for it. Yeah, yeah well, it I good. think I watched the trailer yeah. a little bit it looks ago. It's fantastic. Love, I Lovecraft Country? Yeah. I'm excited about that. Anyway, go ahead. What else? What else uh, are we doing here? Today, uh, I forced my wife to watch The Jerk, which is a classic comedy starring <sighs> Steve Martin. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Still haven't seen it. It, uh, I, I love it because I've seen it since I was a kid, and I think it's one of those things where, uh, similar to this, the movie we're going to talk about today, um, where I feel like if I had watched it when I was a kid, I may have more nostalgia for it. Yeah. Um, she thought it was funny. There were several bits that made her laugh out loud, and there's there's several bits that make me still laugh out loud uh, for that movie. But it definitely does have some like not okay racial things nowadays, right? Uh, such as Steve Martin being born a poor black child, uh, which is a re- reoccurring th- theme throughout the entire movie. I feel like they handle it semi well, but that also could be rose tinted glasses from growing up with it um <laughs> other than that pablo have you seen the jerk uh is it just me i saw it a long time ago i remember okay. it kind of like it was never day yeah my ex-wife and former sister-in-law used to like quote it at me and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking you about should watch it it's good i remember i think like it should i probably will still got some good parts um, and then we watched, we finally watched Pan today, which was the movie from like 2015, um, with Hugh Jackman playing Blackbeard and then the, the guy from Tron Legacy playing Hook and then Peter Pan. Uh, it was a garbage, terrible movie. Um, were there any skillets? It was, <laughs> hmm? yeah, w- didn't they... wait, what said, were there any skillets? Skillet? That's what I thought you said. I just didn't understand the question. What do you mean skillets? Because the movie is called pan. pan. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, those was just pans. <laughs> no skillets, just pans. Skillets. No, they, uh, they did this like dumb, like dumb, terrible. Trying to franchise it? Terrible. Well, I feel like they were trying to like put it up for a sequel, but it did so terribly. They did several things where they kept putting like popular music into it. Like whenever they enter Neverland, every like like there's just like a mining scene, and all of the children that are minor slaves are singing uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." That sounds and okay. It, it was awkward and terrible, and like that sounds like cringy, cringy bad. That sounds like it would be awkward and terrible. It it is. Don't if you want an awkward, terrible movie time, watch Pan. If you don't, then. Skip that, please. Dude, I'd rather just go to. I'd, I'd rather just fucking go to class without pants on. To be honest with you, sounds go like to class. That, that without is pan. also sounds like a better time than watching pan. It actually, you know what? That's not an option right now. I don't think they have classes I mean, anywhere. I guess you're you right. can find a class somewhere. 
Uh, well, let's move on to news. Uh, Trolls World Tour released digitally after the uh, pandemic, speaking of not being able to go anywhere, and made more for Universal in three weeks on demand than the original did in five months of a theater run. So, <laughs> subsequently, AMC decided they're going to stop showing Universal Studios movies because Universal Studios said, hey, we're going to keep doing that. Yeah, of this. course we're going to keep doing that. Movie theaters, there's no reason to have them anymore. I mean, except for the experience. Except and for the experience. I disagree. This but This is where Andrew is going <laughs> to... I disagree, but I feel like this needs to be an actual topic that we talk about for a longer period of time to than be, what we currently have. To be clear, I'm talking about logistically necessary, not um, emotionally necessary. Because movies can... I also cause disagree. Movies can release digitally. <laughs> Uh, do you guys want to potentially do an episode on, do you think there's enough material to do an episode on the theater experience and what it may or may not look like and why that's important? Yeah, we could do like yes. that and a retrospective on how we feel about movie theaters in general and where we think they'll go in the future. I mean, I wanted, okay. just like a movie I wanted theater to do something episode. during housekeeping that I forgot about until now. What was that? Well, let's do it, dude. What is it? Um, and I don't know if we wanted to talk about it during um, after hours or not, because it technically would go under that. But we, we've we been doing each, the three of us choose a topic each time. And I was, we've started getting um, requests, topic requests. Oh. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if we want to do the three of us choose a topic and then we have a fourth week where we take a topic request. I'm down for that. And then the three of us choose a topic and then we take another topic request. So that way we can that start works. cycling through not just the three of us doing what we want to do. That'd be cool. That'd be a good excuse right. to watch movies. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. Okay. I'm down. We'll just stick them in a random number generator and grab one. Yeah. Or we can do what Justin and Saturn do and just choose what we want. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to do, gonna do this show for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, just gonna point. That's a, yeah. that's a visual gag for you, podcast pa listeners. gonna point. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we we could pull an entire episode out of the because really, what it comes down to is why movie theaters should still be a thing. Which, granted, I do. I'm not gonna lie. I do see the the uh, the fiscal or money side of why they shouldn't be a thing and why they're outdated. But I also I would, see. I would definitely love to be convinced. So it sounds like a good thing to talk about. If a preview is there are still enough people that don't own 40 inch TVs and above because of their income level that movie theaters provide a form of entertainment that's cheaper than going to like an amusement park or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's why true. my political platform is going to be big screens for all. Okay, cool. Good, good, good call. All right, well, let's get into the topic. You'll get let's elected talk about for coming sure. to America. Um, the 1988 smash hit, um, yeah. Eddie Murphy movie. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy movie came out June 29th, 1988. Um, about a man. Uh, who is a prince to a fake country. Well, it's a real country in the context of the movie. Uh, it's a made-up country uh, in, in the real world. Zamunda, thank you. 
um, who is does not want to have an arranged marriage and goes to New York to find his bride and hilarity ensues. I believe um, I have my Zamunda flag on my work desk. Do you really? Yeah, of course I do, man. I love <laughs> this movie. It awesome. is It is probably in my top five for sure. And it's okay. funny because I really appreciate um, good film as artwork. You know, I'm definitely in that boat of someone who goes to watch a movie intellectually. But most of the movies in my top five are not that. <laughs> so that's all right. I mean, you got this uh, movie, you got um, Rumble in the Bronx, you got uh, Grandma's oh God, Boy. I haven't seen that so. movie forever. Rumble in the Bronx is so good, man. Uh, anyway. No, you're fine. Um, well, you didn't apologize, so I don't know why I fucking said that, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, directed by John Landis, who also directed Animal House, The Blues Brothers, and Spies Like Us, all classic comedy movies. Yeah. Um. But it's funny, uh, I was looking into Jonathan Landis and Jonathan Landis movies, and then also, you know, obviously clearly looking into into this movie, um, came across an interesting story about about Jonathan Landis. But in that in the explanation of John, uh, of John Landis and, and this movie, it, it, there there was a quote on on, on Wikipedia about how Landis it, it, Landis was talking about the different their differences because apparently they had a rocky relationship, uh, him and Eddie Murphy. And he said, the guy on Trading Places was young and full of energy and curious and funny and fresh and great. The guy on Coming to America was the pig of the world, but I still think he's wonderful in the movie. Wasn't to that, give you an idea. Wasn't that Murphy who said that? No, Jonathan Landis said that about Eddie Murphy. Hmm. And then when Eddie Murphy was, you know, was, was asked about that, he said, we had a, a tussling confrontation. We didn't come to blows. Personalities didn't mesh. He directed me in Trading Places when I was just starting out as a kid, but he was still treating me like a kid five years later during Coming to America. And I hired him to direct the movie. I was going to direct Coming to America myself, but I knew that Landis had just done three fucked up pictures in a row and that his career was hanging by a thread after the Twilight Zone trial. I figured the guy was nice to me when I did Trading Places, so I'd give him a shot. I was going out of my way to help this guy, and he fucked me over. Now he's got a hit picture on his resume, a movie that made over $200 million, as opposed to him coming off a couple of fucked up movies, which is where I'd rather see him be right now. Long story short, no love lost between the two during this production. <laughs> but that heard... also tweaked my interest. Yeah. Uh, the Twilight Zone trial? What? <laughs> so, what did turns you find out, Turns out on July 23rd, 1982, while they were filming an episode of The Twilight Zone, uh, actor Vic, Mora and, uh, Mick Vic Morrow and child extras Michael Dean and Renee Shin uh, Yi Shen were killed in an accident involving an out-of-control helicopter. What? The three were caught under the aircraft when it crashed. Jeez. So, so yeah, so Jonathan Landis, who had, uh, like I said, a hit string of movies, Animal House, Blue blues brothers spies like us like great ass movies killed some people uh, uh, I mean, through neglects involuntary manslaughter right landis and four other crew members were charged with involuntary manslaughter the prosecutors attempted to show that landis was reckless and had not told the parents of the other children's proximity to explosives and helicopters and of the limitations on their working hours he admitted that he had violated the california law regulating employment of children by using the children after hours and conceded that that was wrong, but he denied culpability. 
Numerous members of the film crew testified that the, the director was warned but ignored the dangers. After a nine-month jury trial during the 1986-1987, Landis, represented by criminal defense attorneys Harlan Braun and James Neal and the other crew members, were acquitted of the charges. So they got off, um, but from what I read about it, uh, there's plenty of evidence to show that, no, he was kind of a dick and, you know, didn't pay attention to safety protocols um, and, and was really unremorseful about it later. You know, he basically said, no, I have no fault in this. What are you talking about? Um, Makes sense why him and Eddie he, Murphy wouldn't get along. Isn't Eddie Murphy supposed to be kind of a dick, too? A little bit? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, that's part of my problem with this movie is I'm not a huge Eddie Murphy fan. Mm-hmm. And I want to clarify that by saying that everything I've heard of him as a person in uh, some of his comedy, I don't really like either. A majority of his comedy, I don't really like either. Um, But I also, honestly, some of that could be him growing up in the comedy scene in the 80s as a black guy. Like, it's not, it's rough. Like, that's not a good period for anyone of color to try to, to, raised to that point so yeah that's true he he had a rough point he probably had to be a dick to be where he was and maybe you know hopefully he's kind of come out the end this way i mean he did snl and he's got a couple movies that he's done maybe he's hopefully raised out into a better time but from from what i've seen from that era besides this I don't like Eddie Murphy as a person, but I also don't blame him for how he is because of where he grew up or where he came from. Some of his early stuff, though, in his, like his SNL days, is so good. Um, yeah, maybe that's know. nostalgia for me, but like I think everything before Nutty Professor is shit I like. Yeah, I agree I, with that. I was never a huge fan. I think even Dunny Professor is pretty is entertaining. That, that was know? the but last. That starts one. that era with. Yeah. Uh, I don't disagree that it's. I mean, I liked it whenever it. I haven't seen it since it came out, and I was a kid, I and I remember, I remember liking it, but I, I didn't really like a lot of his SNL stuff, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can but, see that. I mean, eh, to each their own. He right? wrote this movie. Yeah. Well, he wrote part of this movie. He came he up with the initial of- idea. So right. uh, he is he is credited with the story by credit in this movie. I think he I think in the interview I was watching, um, he had done everything up into the point of where they go to they actually go to America, and then the mm-hmm. rest was written by our other two boys. What were their names? David Sheffield and Barry W. Blaustein. Yes. So the rest was picked up from there. Um, I, in the same interview, they also talked about how that coming to America theme song, they just kind of went to the recording artist and it was like, Hey, uh, we want a song that's called coming to America. And then he like (laughs) just ejected that song. So it was kind of like (laughs) on a whim, which I thought was funny. Um, and that's kind of the whole, that's kind of the whole feeling behind this film, I feel like it was uh, Eddie Murphy just making a movie for fun. Like he had an idea and he wanted to go with it. Um, And he invited all these different people, uh, Arsenio Hall, his buddy. Um, And 
they just got together and made the film. I didn't see Landis in the uh, couple of interviews I watched, though, or Eddie Murphy, for that matter. It was just everybody else. Um, so it's interesting that those two weren't in that. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I heard that they, well, I mean, clearly they patched things up to a certain extent because they did Beverly Hills Cop 3 together uh, a couple of years later. Yes. And they said, and I think I read somewhere that they had gotten along just fine in Beverly Hills Cop 3. Like there wasn't any problems. Yeah. It just sounds like for whatever reason, they were in a place where they were clashing during this movie, you know, and then whatever headspace they were in. I feel um, like, I feel like it's a mixture from what I've seen. I feel like it's a mixture of uh, Landis uh, being condescending and Eddie Murphy having a big ego at the time. So like those two things together kind of like really uh, clash with each other. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I can see that. Um, like you said, uh, he invited his buddy Arsenio to, 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 to be in the movie. Uh, he had some, some quality characters, uh, also starring Sherry Headley, John Amos and Eric LaSalle, uh, Dr. Benton from ER. What's up, buddy? You're, <laughs> you're, you're amazing. Love you. Um, James Earl Jones. He was nominated. What's that? You didn't mention James Earl Jones. James, well, he, he didn't play lead. Sorry. Um, the other oh, people okay. were in this movie. He was the king <laughs> of Zamunda. Other people were in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean they were. I, I don't know. There are a lot of famous people in this movie. I didn't want to list like all fifty of them. I mean, I thought James the, Earl Jones was the biggest name at the time the movie was made, aside from Eddie Murphy. I thought and, it was funny Cuba Gooding Jr.'s like cameo at the very beginning. Oh yeah, he's in there for like a second, right? <laughs> yeah, he's getting his hair. Cuba Gooding Jr. Who else was in yeah. this movie that was surprising? There was a couple cameos like that. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's first appearance in a movie ever. Uh, yeah. was coming to America. So that's, I mean, that's a, I liked Louis Anderson in it, you know? Oh yeah. Louis Anderson was in it. It's good. It's, it's you know, it's, it's enjoyable seeing it. It was nominated for a couple Oscars, um, best costume design and best makeup. And frankly, I can see why. Um, yeah. Especially. There, uh, no, there was some, go there was some good set design in this movie. Like the opening scene, um, in HD, you can tell that it's like a wall that has cuts in it that's painted, right? But it it's such a good piece that even understanding that it's painted, that's that it's a painted piece, it's still impressive. And oh, uh, you're talking about like the actual like set, good looking design, yeah, the set portion, the actual yeah. set piece. Um, oh no, it looks. So, I mean, you can because you can tell the same thing of like uh, Alice in Wonderland now. Like you can see the backdrops mm -hmm. in those when you're watching in HD, but. Yeah, that, that's like the first thing I noticed was like, oh, that's just a huge set piece. Like, that's a huge backdrop. It looks fairly obvious, but it's like that scene, that set piece is the reason that that scene is one of my favorite scenes. Because I just like looking at that set piece. It's really cool. Just like looking at it and figuring out what parts are cut out into the wall. And uh, I wouldn't mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's like super obvious. I would say after you look at it for a little while, it is. But yeah. Uh, see, see, I would say it's super obvious personally. Like what I, when I first saw it, like zooming in or whatever, 
you could tell, or to me, it looked like the only part of it that was, you know, quote unquote real was the very front of the building and the rest of it was. Yeah. Well, know, it was, a, it was a wall with, with hole with a big square cut out of it and then pillars. Yeah. Um, and they, I feel like they did. There's a, not to take off of it, but there's a, there's a portion of Wizard of Oz where there's like a, a turret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, munch- that's what it reminded of, me of. One of the people in the uh, in the Emerald City is waving off of, but the roof is part of the backdrop. And they kind of did the same thing where there's like a front turret in the beginning that the top of it is part of the dra- backdrop, but the turret itself is part of the actual like set. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is the first time I've watched this movie in a, a while. And so I noticed that uh, the opening scene is a miniature scene. It's not a helicopter scene. So it, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. it looks like a helicopter scene, uh, just like regular VHS. But in the HD version, you can tell someone's like has has the camera in their hand <laughs> and is like waving it around. <laughs> it was still really cool. And the miniature set right. is honestly really impressive, too. That forest yeah, with really the well. castle. Yeah, the mm-hmm. whole the whole production in that sense, uh, down right down to the music is just is really good. I mean, we can get into it later, but like the uh, the McDowell's set, the McDowell's home, all of these different set pieces, they were just like they're all really cool to look at. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, and it came out to positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got sixty seven percent right now. Metacritic is a forty seven out of a hundred. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know what that says, but, but there you go. There are numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to get into the crux of the movie, um, you know, it's, it's a very straightforward plot. Uh, it starts out in Zamunda. You have, uh, Eddie Murphy living, you know, he wakes up and is immediately, uh, pampered. And this is, this is where I have a problem with the movie. Honestly, it's 30 years outdated, right? Um, there are certain, like the, the entire beginning first act of the movie, I guess, uh, the part that Eddie Murphy Murphy wrote draws on so many stereotypes that it's problematic these days and it's rich and it retroactively makes it worse. I mean, it's not, it's not super bad. Like some of the some of the sitcoms, some of the things in. I mean, Friends, I'll say even one of my major notes um, throughout the entire is movie is from the beginning. Um, Eddie Murphy's character is very um, positive feminist message, which is surprising for the time period. Oh yeah, that's true and too. Even though there is some like stereotypical sure. stuff, it, it is very like for the time period it is very pro woman, which is uh weird for the whole the whole idea of the movie is that Eddie Murphy doesn't want to marry someone who was basically brainwashed just as a child to be his slave. Sort of like brain, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wants a he wants to marry somebody who is smart and independent person and, uh who is <laughs> a person exactly an equal he wants, he wants someone to that he can have a conversation with and has their own feelings and has their own thoughts which and is the, a the person scene where he right. is he meets his uh his bride-to-be and orders her around is genuinely hilarious 
<laughs> I stand on one leg. That was a funny like a part. dog. It's good. I would. There were there were probably like bark, one or two dog. instances where I laughed out loud, and the rest was <laughs> was. I mean, I like it, it was like the kind of thing where I'm like, "Ha, hey, it's funny," like in my head, but didn't actually physically make me laugh. A s- a swift breath yeah. out of the nostril. Just a, just an an exhale, <laughs> like a swift exhale. Um, I mean, like if we want to get it, it's just him wanting to find his own bride. So he goes to America to quote unquote, sow his oats. Um, but instead of sowing his oats, oh, he's trying to find someone who actually has a personality that he can marry. And then comedy yeah. ensues. So he lies, to, he yeah. lies to his King. He lies to his dad. He lies to right. his dad. Mufasa. And he's, well, he doesn't exactly lie to him. He's like, Hey, I want to go to America to find a, you know, find a bride or whatever. And his dad's like, his dad's like, oh, yeah. all right, well, he you should go to America and, and sow your oats and, and blah, blah, bone blah, women. And sends them off. And bone women. Yeah. Um, exactly. And so he goes to, he and his his best friend, Simi, go to Queens. I do, um, I will it, say, going back mm-hmm. to the, the talking to his dad bit, I did yeah. kind of laugh whenever he was like, you don't fuck the bathing women? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, funny. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was funny to see James yeah. Earl Jones being not be Darth too. Vader or Mufasa. I, like I um, you yeah. know, so I, I remember like growing up speaking of this, like, so the thing that I remember most about this movie is there's titties in the beginning and Eddie Murphy is funny. Right. Yes. And that's what I remember from watching this movie that's as a true. child in, in the early nineties. Mm. Um, well, even in the late eighties, I like I know I didn't see it in theaters, but I know I saw it on video pretty close to after it came out. And this brings up the whole topic of how, you know, being born in the early eighties, I saw a lot of inappropriate movies that I wouldn't let my children see, right? Yeah, that movie's that movie's PG thirteen, isn't it? Uh, I don't know what it is rated, to be honest. Coming no to idea. America, there's a I think I think there's at least one F word and there's definitely Oh yeah, there's a, a lot of F words. I would think it it should be rated R. Like dude gets a handy at it, some point. It would be rated R by now by today's like, standards. It's, and it's I know rated there's R. more than one F bomb. Yeah. Cuz he's like fuck you, fuck you too. <laughs> it's good. Um <laughs> you know, and that's so yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh in the very beginning when he gets there. It, see, and I have a problem with I don't have a problem with this scene necessarily, I guess, but there there comes a point where you know he um uh either almost gets run over by a car or something and the guy in the car is like fuck you and he's like hey fuck you too right and that's like the the base of that comedy is that he's a foreign person in america who doesn't understand what's going on in america right um and for Mm -hmm. some reason that feels problematic but it's the exact same joke as star trek 4 right so yeah. what is it about it that makes it feel wrong to me? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. So. You know, I kind of had a similar feeling during that particular scene, but then I just—it's not a big deal. I mean, it really not in this movie. I mean, it's Eddie Murphy, and he's—he's he's being Eddie Murphy, so it's coming from a place of, you know, love and funniness. Right, and that's—that's that's a position I find myself in a lot watching this movie is. You know, uh, uh, really, I, I suppose understanding that this the movie is written uh, 
by somebody who has the voice to tell that story, right? And who that too. who am yeah. I to question how that expression comes out? Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought too. And that's what I was saying earlier. It has its moments where it's like, mm, but then again, it's not that bad. Uh, like Andrew was saying earlier, the part, uh, the parts, a lot of James Earl Jones lines are super uncool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but about I feel women. like, but it's juxtaposed again. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It's juxtaposed against Eddie Murphy's attitude towards women, which makes it, which it's one of those things in comedy where it's pointing out something by making it look stupid by juxtaposing well, I mean, it against it's, what's it's literally right. showing and like making... the old viewpoints versus the new viewpoints by showing an old person's view on what he thinks it should be and then eddie murphy being the new version of what it should be starting yeah, now. exactly that's what i'm saying and so a lot of the a lot of the parts that are uncool are also you know tied to something that is coming from a good place. So yeah. it's not that bad. So when they first get to America, they go right. to Queens, and the guy in the taxi is like, "Why the hell would you want to go to Queens?" They get there, they get all their luggage, their fucking princely luggage piled up on the street. They use a shitty apartment. They go inside, and immediately as they're going inside. All their shit gets stolen. I mean, they left and it on the curb, so. <laughs> to me, that's like the funniest fucking yeah. scene. I don't know why, but just watching them walk in the door and their pile of shit just scatter. <laughs> I love two things about that scene. I love that everybody's just blatantly wearing everything <laughs> and trying. And there's that salesman who's trying to sell their yeah. stuff back to them. And I also love the fact that Eddie Murphy's character just doesn't well, yeah. care. Yeah. And he stays positive well, he, about it. He's coming from a pace of so much wealth that he doesn't give a shit about what he's lost. Because he's literally, he's had no frame, like no point of frame for ownership of that shit because he's never had to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and there's the the repeating joke of like uh, pocket money or walking money or whatever. Their pocket money that's like probably like 8,000 grand or something like that. Eight thousand grand, like yeah. ten grand, like eight thousand grand. That's yep. how much money I don't have. Yeah. Eight thousand grand. No fucking lie. Um, they meet. Um, but, yeah, but they, as as part of their thing, the, that you know, they they go to get jobs to become real, quote unquote, real Americans. Well, they get a job um, specifically to get the woman that Eddie Murphy wants. Did they? oh right right because right. they saw yes. her first at yeah, the, uh, they saw the her, gathering yeah they saw her at the like Miss America or whatever yeah because you're you skipped a part they went they went to the they went, barber they went to the barber shop and then they went to a bunch of bars about where in the barber shop they hold saw on. a bunch of twins okay we're gonna do the barber shop yeah we're yeah. gonna talk about the barber shop yeah the barber shop where everybody's arsenio hall everybody including the old white jewish man including the old white jewish man yeah. which watching the movie now is technically racist <laughs> eddie murphy in if, white it, face yeah. if, it, if it would be racist for a white jewish man to do a eddie murphy impersonation it is racist for eddie murphy to do a white jewish man impersonation we can't have a double standard. That's true. 
Yeah, I, I can. See, I could see that. Also, it's a. I it's can a look at it. A, no, no, no doubt. It is a perfect impersonation. It's. Spot. I'm not saying it it's bad. Like it's a good on. impersonation, and it's funny at, from a comedic standpoint. And I found it funny. I was not offended in any instance. But I did. It wasn't lost on me that this is a racist caricature of a New York Jewish person. Like. And that's I feel true. like we have to point it out just uh, because. Yeah, that's true. And this goes along with the theme. You know, there were some parts that weren't cool, but also. I'm sure it was okay you know, back then. That bad. There's like, lots of stuff that's okay in the yeah, 80s. I was for like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like true. watching it. Smoking right, for yeah, one. W- watching it nowadays, I'm like, this is probably not okay now. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, care. Exactly. But <laughs> File that under. Um, we should just uh, give it a little bit of license but for it's, being like it's 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 ago. hard to realize. I I looked it up afterwards because I was like, that's one hundred percent Andy Murphy, but I have to look it up anyway. And most of the Reddit po- posts are like people going like, "You didn't fucking know that was Eddie Murphy, you idiot." I was like, "Well, that's just <laughs> rude." I didn't know it was Eddie Murphy really? for like the first half really? of my life. I don't know. I guess it's because yeah. I'm older and I watched Nothing. it the first time, and I was uh, he immediately showed up, and I was like, Eddie Murphy. Arsenio Hall is that guy. Eddie Murphy's that guy. Arsenio Hall is that guy. Not until I watched. I didn't realize Arsenio Hall played so many people until just this time. Yeah. Um, oh, my wife and I but, are like pointing uh, it out every time. I didn't. I watched the credits for uh, the first time. I watched the credits. That's when I realized that Eddie Murphy played. Uh, I know. I knew he played the other guy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the like barbershop, the main barbershop but not, guy. Uh, yeah. I had to look it up mm-hmm. to see who the other, like the but, third barbershop guy was, because he that was the only part he played in the movie. And that was just yeah. an, another actor yes. that didn't play any other part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you had Arsenio Hall talking to Arsenio Hall, and Eddie Murphy talking to Eddie Murphy, talking to Eddie Murphy, talking to Arsenio Hall. Either way, they didn't find a woman in the bar. No. They Correct. Didn't. And uh, Eddie Murphy was feeling Eddie Murphy's character was feeling dejected, uh, and the nice barber people invited them to a uh, some sort of Miss America pageant. Some thing? sort of religious, weird religious Miss America pageant. <laughs> Miss some Queen's kind of beauty pageant. pageant. Uh, yeah, some kind of beauty pageant, and that's where we meet Lisa McDowell, the the main love interest of this show. Yeah. Uh, movie, whatever. Um, uh, she is the the daughter of a restaurant owner. The restaurant named McDowell's instead of McDowell's. the instead of McDonald's. Go- they have the, the golden arcs. The oh, golden arcs. That's instead what of is. the golden arches. McDonald's uh-huh. has the golden arches. Correct. Um, but yeah, he sees. Uh, what's her? God, I have it pulled up. Why am I not reading? An actress that hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff, but uh, uh, Lisa I really McDowell. Like this movie. McDowell. He sees Lisa McDowell and falls for her, and tells Arsenio Hall that they have to get a job at the McDowell restaurant in order to win her over. Yep. And while he's there, he finds out that she is dating Doctor Benton, Eric LaSalle, who's who's playing uh, Daryl Jenks. Whose father owns Soul Glow, um, which is a uh, hairstyling aid for I read American people. I read in that the, movie. the guy who composed that song 
said that that was the Soul Glow song. The Soul Glow song, which is a brilliant <laughs> fucking song. If you don't do anything, go to YouTube and look up Soul Glow commercial. And uh, that's enough, really. Um, I will that, say <laughs> that artist said that his uh, that was his shining accomplishment. His number one achievement was Soul Glow. And I my, believe that. One of my favorite bits is later in the movie, whenever him and his parents uh, and his grandmother oh, yeah. uh, sit up from the couch and the couch is just like drenched with their hair product. That was funny. It, it, it reminds me of uh, wrestling, to be honest. Yeah. You watch a lot of wrestlers, they come out with like, you know, shiny wet hair and it just seems like they always have wet hair. Glistening Jerry curls. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but that dude is a complete asshole. Com- oh, okay. So well, during this meeting, they had asked for, they had asked for donations, right? Mm-hmm. And Eddie Murphy just throws in walking, walking money, which was like, looked like a good, like 10 five, grand. five grand. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and he puts stack. it in the bowl and Eric LaSalle's character just passes the bowl. He's like, no, I'm not donating any of this. Yeah. And then he gets to the to the restaurant the next day, and his girlfriend um, Lisa is like, "Ah, somebody gave a big donation." I knew and it was like, you. Yeah, okay, and she just immediately assumes it's him for some reason, and he's like, just completely takes credit for it. Yeah, I mean that's the I think that's the weirdest part about Eddie Murphy's character is uh, like woman positive, and. Uh, also generous with his money like he has some because he's a prince he has so much money that he's like i don't give a shit um and that's the funny part but i guess him and arsenio Hull show up and get jobs there as basically janitors mm-hmm. at mcdowell's yeah mcdowell's yep. yep to try to get closer to lisa yep to try and get closer to lisa um and and you know it uh, at first, it doesn't work too hot, um, but but eventually, it kind of does. I don't know. It's it, it, it's it's the thing. It's the movie trope where he's just kind of this honest, not really even honest dude because he's lying to her the whole time. Yeah. But he's a, he's a, a well intentioned person who uh, is 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 sort of more deserving of her affection than her current boyfriend. Yeah. And, and eventually, and to know, be honest, over kind of thing. After that point, the movie does kind of get uh, pretty. Uh, tropey right um, right um, after that basically it's ba- basically he, he things start going well and then Simi writes home and things you know uh, it, 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 the objects get thrown in in their way so things are going well Simi writes home the king shows up and says no you have to go back also you're you know he tells the girlfriend or excuse me the love interest Lisa Hey, he's just here to 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 have sex and then go home, um, you know. So she gets true. the message of, which is which is it was just absolutely not true, um, and then I don't know. I'm kind of firing through this because because the you're right. The rest of the plot is just a basic '80s romantic comedy. Yeah, exactly. Something things go well, something comes in the way, and then they overcome. Yep. I right. Mean, exactly. I will say. The one one of the notes that I have is when he first gets to be the janitor there, and the part that made me actually laugh out loud, like the the most the funniest part in the movie to me, 
is when he's like janitor mopping in the hallway and staring at her and smiling the entire time. (laughs) And the fact that he goes back like three times, like he goes in the hall once and is just staring at her and smiling and mopping. And then he comes back and he's staring at her and smiling and mopping and she never notices him all three times. Man, he does. Made me laugh so hard. Eddie Murphy has some good bits like that. Uh, Like, uh, so I mean that's I think, the thing is that well and there's, to, to there's fu- like to fire two through it different oh go ahead Andrew I'm sorry to fire just through so that way we can actually talk about everything to fire through it um, you said his dad comes back and says that he can't marry her and then eventually they contact her and let her know that they can get married and they do get married at the end of the movie spoiler alert yeah um, they get married and that's, and that's it he gets he gets he goes home. It. He thinks he's gonna marry this uh, blah, 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 his his arranged marriage bride, the brain slave. And then he, yeah, brain slave. What happened? And then and then he lifts the veil and it's her and they go off and yeah, it's fine. Like, what yay. happened to that woman, the brain slave Who knows? woman? She probably like her whole life to was gonna be devoted to this one thing, and then she can't do that anymore. Like what right. now? So, this is probably what the sequel's about. Coming to America. Coming to, to is America. The number two. That, Coming to America too. Can I say real quick? That was the most infuriating part of this whole thing. What's is that? asking Siri to to find Coming to America and her automatically correcting it to the number two. Yeah. Yeah. To where I couldn't find the movie without actually typing it in. Yeah. It's the most that happened to me too. The most frustrating thing about this. That's I'm like, I this movie hasn't even sequel. released yet. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a sequel coming out this year. Yeah. It's called be cool. Coming. Wait, what? Coming number two America mm-hmm. 2020. Yep. No. Is a sequel to this movie coming out it's this almost, year. It's almost in. I think they started recording last year. I'm pretty sure it's done. I'm pretty sure it's in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're in post production right now. Uh, wow, August. Not release date August 7th, house. 2020. Oh, by the yeah. way, shout out my buddy Austin. Uh, he makes rims for a living. He designs rims. Uh, he did a he did a set of wheels for Rick Ross. So small chance uh, his wheels are going to be in nice. coming to America, coming to America. So coming number two America. That'll be cool. That'll be coming a really number co- two America. It'll be a really cool thing. So. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I don't. <laughs> My two points that I had were like that joke, that one joke, <laughs> and then the positive f- feminist message throughout the entire movie was refreshing for an 80s movie. Yeah, that's true. Well, Those are two good do, points. Uh, uh, well, let's do uh, final thoughts and, and ratings and uh, go around the room, I suppose. Uh, recommend, not recommend. Andrew. I mean, I would say... As someone who this is the first time I've watched the movie, uh, I've had multiple times previously where I could have watched the movie and I've kind of like it's been on TV and I've just stopped watching after a certain point. Mm. Um, If it's available to watch for free, then I would say yes. If you have to pay for it, then pass. It's on Netflix. If it's on Netflix, then yes. <laughs> all right I, your final thoughts last notes and uh, i fucking love this movie or not this is one of my favorite movies it's got everything it's got action it's got comedy 
It's got 80s. It's got boobies. <laughs> I mean, it's literally everything you want in a movie. So I would recommend this to literally everyone who, I mean, likes movies. So it's a good one. Right. Not a, not actually not all that. It's good. I would get honestly. I would give it like an eight out of ten. Um, it's one of those kind of guilty pleasure movies. So it kind of takes too long. I think it's too long of a movie. You know. It's uh I think you're right. It could shave about ten minutes off of it and be good. Ten, twenty minutes. But uh um, yeah. if you like Eddie Murphy and you haven't seen it, why? Yeah, I mean if you of... like if you're if you're an Eddie Murphy fan, then yeah. yeah. Watch it. It also shares yeah, a sister think... movie with Trading Places, which is kinda cool. Yeah, we can talk about that real quick. Um, Trading Places, uh, Eddie Murphy movie, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, and then two... Never seen it. Oh, guys. I can't think of their names. Um, Very similar vibe. But basically, in, the, uh, in, in that movie, the, the, old, the old man plays some rich people in the 80s who make a bet that they... I forget what the bet's about, but long story short, they become poor, and Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd take their places and become rich and it's a story about you know the value of love money and blah, blah, blah. yes and if we're going to talk it's about movie if we're going to talk about uncool things that movie is <laughs> definitely more guilty than this one um it was made a little yeah. earlier it's john landis and eddie murphy's first movie together um and uh i, I mean i like it it's just sort of not let's cool. not get into it yeah <laughs> So I, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's interesting because like those characters showed up again in this movie. Like the, those are the 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 homeless guys that they gave money to. That's what I was wondering if those were like a yeah. bit from a different thing. Yeah, those were the characters from Trading Places who ended up poor at the end of that movie. Mm, okay. So that's that's where that came inside from. jokes. But uh, you know, I I would say. My impression of the movie is it's okay. It it benefits from the nostalgia factor a lot. Um, and I, I, I can see how, you know, Andrew, as somebody who watched it for the first time, you know, re- all the way through recently, um, you know, it's it's not going to be as entertaining to, some, at, to somebody who saw it back in the 80s, you know, at the time um, and who remembers it fondly, right? I will... I mean, I, I, it, this is not a bad movie. I want to re- I don't know if that's come off. If I've said it's a bad movie, or if anyone thinks it is, from what mm-hmm. I've said, I didn't think this was a bad movie. I just don't think it's like a, a great movie. It's a good movie and it's worth watching. But how long is it? It's a, if, it's if, uh, ninety minutes or one twenty. If you didn't grow up uh, with it's it, about one twenty. If you didn't grow up with it, there's definitely a, a nostalgic feature that you're missing. Yes, that's true. Right. And so, and you know, and like, and like I said, I personally, I feel like some of the stuff in the movie is, is problematic 30 years later. Um, and so I, I, I would, I think that if you're going to like, let's say you want to get into peak Eddie Murphy and you just, you, you don't have anything, any, any basis for what that is. Um, then all the aspects that you get out of Eddie Murphy in this movie, you can get from other movies that are less problematic. Um, you know, I, and so I would say. I feel like a lot of his 90 mo- yeah, 90s movies. I feel like this is one of the less problematic ones of his work. Yeah. I I guess. Like I'm compared to his other stuff. I mean, I guess his later mm-hmm. stuff, but his later stuff's not that good. 
I don't know. Norbert and the Nutty Professor were not very uh, yeah progressive. Exactly. See, I wouldn't even call that peak. See, when I'm thinking peak Eddie Murphy, I'm thinking like Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills uh, Cop. One, two, three. Uh, you know, forty-eight hours movies. You know that that sort of eighty-six to ninety-ish. Those are all like. I haven't seen Beverly Hills Cop in forever. That's a good one. Uh, Um, but you know, so I I would say, I can't. I have a hard time recommending this movie to anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, I I don't know that it's it's aged super well. Um, but to anybody, I would say if you if you have seen it and you want to go back and watch it and revisit it. Go for it. Yes. I don't know. Um, so I think this is the first movie that we've reviewed that we have very different perspectives on uh, as far as recommend, not recommend. So that's kind of fun. Hell. Yeah. Uh, if I hadn't. Next time up. If right? I. <laughs> I was going to say, if I hadn't already chosen what our next topic was going to be, it'd be Black Dynamite. Black Because <laughs> that's a <laughs> fucking The great cartoon movie. show or the movie? The movie. Not the cartoon show. No. Cause, um, but this movie, uh, but coming to America, you can rent buy digitally. Uh, Pablo says it's on Netflix. I'm not sure about that, um, but Google it, you'll find out. Um, next time on on episode seven of Cinema Rogues, we are doing five Nicolas Cage movies. What did you just of say? Of which I've only seen one. We, we are, are doing. We're doing Nicolas Cage, good or bad. Nick Cage, good or bad. Um, Face Off, Vampire's Kiss, The Rock, uh, Ghost Rider, and... Uh, Raising Arizona. What? Raising Arizona, that's right. I'm going to watch all of these movies in a row on Tuesday, and it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm, I am super don't, excited about this. Don't do this. too much, um, Pablo. Don't do too much. You might become a sexy cat. I'm going to have a straight-up fucking Nicolas <laughs> Cage day, man. Ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> It's going to be great. So join us, join us back in a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. I don't know. We'll figure out how the, how the scheduling of that's going to go. Uh, but join us, uh, come listen to us talk about Nick Cage, good or bad. And, uh, we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.